Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are listening in the world. And if you're a woman, let's hope it's not the offices of the WRU. I'm joined again by Reese. Say hello, Reese. Hello, Ed. <laughs> and Mikey. Say hello, Mikey. Hello, Ed. This week, as always, we'll be discussing the latest news surrounding Welsh rugby. And what a depressing week it has been. Amongst the garbage fire that is the senior management of the WRU, we'll discuss the launch of the Six Nations, look at some of the devastating blows already affecting the Welsh squad, and talk about the ever-increasing list of players looking to jump from the burning building in Welsh rugby. A fire that Steve Phillips is seemingly attempting to put out using pure, pure acetone. We'll have a look back at the games from the weekend, and we'll also have an interview with Liam Price of the South Wales Jets an invitational team focused on raising mental and physical health awareness. After that, we'll preview the regions in round 13 of the URC and finish, as always, with our forbidden love of the week. Reese, Mikey, let's do it. Right, guys, how's it going? Yeah. All right, man. Bloody hell. Right. I mean, we, we say all right, but right. Jesus, what a depressing, depressing, <laughs> heavy, heavy episode of the Forbidden Love Rugby podcast this is going to be. It's been something oh, yeah. after another, after another, and it's like it's, it's, it's snowballing to a point where um, something's going to have to give. Yeah. Uh, that something is Steve Phillips handing in his resignation. Do you know what? I it's going to have to be. Like, there's, there's uh, no I, way. There's no way it yeah. can't be. Well, he's been, I'm sure we'll get, get into this further on, on the podcast. Like, and where he's been saying he's the guy to, to get him out of the stickies. I'm. If this has been like one under his tenure, yeah. what's to stop it happening again with him there? Well, but like, before we do actually uh, <laughs> scratch the surface, I guess, of what's happened, uh, how are your weekends? Oh, uh, God. So, as I mentioned, I am home. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was thinking about staying in France. Uh, yeah, it was good. It, it was messy. It was um, so Cardiff Airport chartered flight to Breve on the Friday. Um, I don't remember getting back to my hotel room on the Friday night. Yes. Must, oh, wow. Must say uh, there was some absolute lovely people on the trip. Um, I can say hand on heart that Nicky Robinson took some time to introduced me to the group and made me feel uh, very welcome so if nikki by some small chance is listening thank you um <laughs> but then the saturday came and i was greeted with the worst hangover i can remember since my university drinking Mikey. oh wow which, yeah. which 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 episode would that have been would it, would it have been a six nations game or a, a dalliance uh, in, it, in it, rotterdam it could, been, or... <laughs> it, it, it could have been a, a drink the bar dry at the end of term nope. uh, oh, they oh wow them so um, oh, you were on a rugby trip. So I mean, the high, the two things stick out of the of that day. Well, three: the freezing cold of the south of France, which was unexpected. Oh, Getting yeah. in a queue for the bar and deciding, no, do you know what? I don't want to drink again today. <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, chatting to Jamie Noon for a good fifteen minutes, not realizing who I was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, um, he, did he drop in and say, "Don't you know who I am?" It was actually so funny enough. I don't, I don't know how these people knew each other, but I think Jamie was there because at some point he was involved with uh, Breve in the past. Yeah, a bit of but a I was just, France, yeah. I, I was just wandering around the stadium grounds, and this guy clocked my Cardiff attire, 
sort of gestured for me to come over. He, he was from Blackwood, funnily enough. He, he knew uh, some of our mutual friends. And after a while, we'd been chatting. And he said, so, uh, do you know Jamie? And I, I looked at him. And, like, this awkward silence ensued. And he just went, Jamie Noon. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> anyway, he, he took her in his stride. And uh, that was it. So, yes, yeah, safe travels home then Saturday night. Uh, Kate came and picked me up from the airport. And uh, I was in bed until... Well, Sunday lunchtime. Oh. I had a very, uh, I was at a very rugby out, rugby out weekend. Uh, started off with the Ospreys and Leicester game on Friday. Oh, cool. oh, what a game. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure we'll go on that later. I won't spoil it for everyone. And then <laughs> um, watched a couple of games Saturday, finishing off with uh, Castra and Exeter. I think was it Castra and Exeter. Was there a game, no. game after that as well, maybe? But I, 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 I similar, similar to you, I got rugbyed out, so I, I stuck mostly with the regional fixtures this yeah, weekend. I, yeah, same. And I, I finished off then with the Dragons and uh, Lions then on Sunday afternoon, which was held in the Kfiri County Mayor Council Centre of Excellence, the Dragons training ground. Uh, I was looking forward to going to that, thinking it was so local-like, and... Uh, Lo and behold, they said uh, only season ticket holders uh, to get down there, but uh, never mind. Uh, watched it on telly and uh, enjoyed that. Oh, we had a similar thing where uh, we had a game this weekend, Cardiff Lions playing against Berkshire Unicorns, and uh, we were suffering from frozen pitch syndrome. But, you know, like the Mighty Dragons, we persevered, sourced a centre of excellence in Flanishing. It's, it's actually just called Flanishing 3G pitch. <laughs> Uh, and yeah we um, uh, unfortunately they were a bit low on numbers so they came with a bare squad but um, we did run out 77-0 winners in the end good stuff so uh, Ed fair play mate was it that kind of sort of 12 on 12 or 13 on 13 or 14 on 14 stuff that they were pushing uh, yeah so our league the IGR league's already got game on principles in place Um, they had 14 we lent them a player to bring them up to 15 and fair play, those 15 played the full 80. Uh, we had subs that we used, and uh, including myself. And yeah, it's just a bit of a a route in the end. But it was a good day out anyway. It was good fun. With, with that game on principle then, like with the WIU, so if they dropped the scrums the first the first thing, was that the case there, or was it just sort of play rugby as it should be played? No, it was it was just a full-on full match. They came with... Um, it came with a front row, oh, and stuff. that front row did the full 80. Obviously, if there was an injury, we would have either had gone to passive or um, had lent them one of our spare props and to keep it contested, because, you know, no no prop likes to have an uncontested scrum, do they? Oh, it's the bane of my... I'd rather not play. I mean, we've started games <laughs> passive pre- in the past, like, and it's like, as soon as, this, as the ref says, right, we're going passive, my heart sinks. If, it, if it's getting to sort of 75 plus, then I might oh, be yeah. a bit... I mean, you've had your fun. Yeah. You've, 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 you've folded something like a deck chair already several times. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got to go, right, but you've got to have a rest now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, quickly, uh, before we do go on to the news, um, where can people find you, beautiful people? Yeah, so uh, you can find me at RJJ Blue and Black on the tweets. Uh, that's where I do most of my talking about how much I love Cardiff rugby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my tweet thing is uh, at Mikey S. Harris. And myself uh, is 
at Eddie Rugby with E double D double Y Rugby. Okay, I don't think we can put it off for much longer. <laughs> no, the time has come. Jesus, I can feel it. It's, it's, it's just over the shoulders and back of the neck. It's like a squat bar. I, uh, in my sort of uh, research and just kind of, you know, looking into every sort of article or person that was involved in this uh, BBC investigations. I just, I just feel my blood boiling. Mm. I was just any any new piece of information I read. I just, it was, it was, it was so vexed by it and so fucked off with like how it could be allowed to continue. But it was like it was that weird thing where it's like it was upsetting but not surprising. Yes. Yeah. Spot on. That's I think, um... and I think it's one of those things. Like in preparation today, I've tried to be quite straight in my head about the exact words I'm going to use because I fear just being able that I'm just going to end up rambling in an exasperated <laughs> manner so a lot of what I've said is going to be based on notes and I'm trying to keep the emotion out of it just so that I'm coherent but let it be known Likewise. I, I was angry and again weirdly unsurprised as as Ed here it's, kind of, it's unfortunate like but I think you know, it's it's not a new thing. It's just come to the fore, being it in such a in such a shop window as the WRU. Um, like it, you go around particular areas, particular clubs, and you find them conversations going on in and around the club, the bar thereafter. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, I like go on. Let's see, it's, it, it could be a fact that it's an element of that toxic max toxic masculinity like that has been thrown about a well, bit like I, I was listening to um attacking scrum podcast earlier and i think one of the guys on there summed it up he just said like the term he used was crusty old men and mm. that's just exactly what comes to mind when you think yeah. wiu board and and the type of people that are still running the game in wales is it, you know it, it is just that old generation of Working men's men's only room, yeah. Occupies, ocu, um, occupants. Do you do you guys think that like a, a lot of this now makes a lot of the other stuff make sense? So Amanda Blanc leaving in quite you know quite quickly after she arrived. Yeah. Um, the women's game being so poorly funded for so long. Um, you know that you've you've had rumors coming out and you you've had the WIU sort of refusing to spend money on things such as the women's side and the yeah. regions and do you think all well actually you now if you piece it all together oh, and, and yeah. I, I might be doing two and two ad comes to five here but yeah. in that bbc that bbc documentary yesterday there was a there was talk that somebody did get a payout and i'm wondering if actually they think there's more um more payouts coming down the line because mm. this is out now the genie's out the bottle there's no putting it back yeah and no people are going to have to pay. I mean, I don't think your math is, is very off there, Reese. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't take a, a genius to work out like where, you know, it, it, it all stems from. And I think you're quite right there, Ed, and the old crusties, they sort of suit wearing committee men. Our friend, our mutual friend uh, said to us earlier in a, in a separate WhatsApp group, uh, I'm going to quote him here. It's all run by the people who would lose their shit about women coming into the bar at the club for 30 seconds to pick up their partners. And I think that sums it up. Like, yeah. So my local uh, old boys club did have one of those men's only rooms. 
and in it, must, it was embarrassingly late in about 2010 they, oh. they, they had yeah they had a committee meeting to take down the sign and the okay. thing is the sign disappears but that entrenched yeah, it never attitude does that, doesn't no it doesn't that's right no. yeah not and I think all. we're getting a lot of that now with the WIU. With okay, the sign is down off the door. People like Steve Phillips have come out and given air quotes apologies. Well, no, they didn't. Did no. they? He fucking said, "I'm he, sorry he if you felt that way." Yeah, but, that's, yeah, yeah. So, that's not an apology. But my fear is now that all that's happened is the sign has been taken down, and the horrible, horrible, oh, it's still there. bullshit is is still there. Mm. And all they're going to be doing is masking it. And without the regime change. You are so nothing more than a mask. It's got to be seismic shift. I mean, yeah. Well, to... on that, oh, sorry, on that, um, you know, Steve Phillips obviously has come out and said he wants to continue. He believes he's the man for the job. Bear in mind, he's he's been part of the WRU for well over sixteen years, I think it is. <laughs> CEO since like March twenty twenty one. You know, he was CEO when he allows someone like Amanda Blanc to feel unutilized and not good enough uh that she wasn't getting anywhere within the in in the within the wiu to leave um do you think he's right to say that and it sent out a strong message or do you think it's just a case of christ no and anyone with access to wikipedia can pick it apart anyway so like he came out and he said something along the lines of it all happened in a bad patch between 2017 and 2019 amanda didn't start until 2020 like (laughs) and and, and she was part of this this investigation and i'm like jesus christ guys like the the words that were being used on the bbc last night so the you know people were talking about rape and I, I feel like yeah. I need to ask this. Did I hear this right? They were also joking about child sexual abuse. And when I was making my notes, I didn't really want to... Yeah, it was that... that in, um, my, in my notebook. Uh, it was the sort of WIU um, experience day or like workplace engagement day in North Wales where they were referencing people who go to private schools are somehow yeah. always involved in child sex abuse or something like that. It's, you know... I mean, the... an organisation like the WIU, they... they people around there should be strong enough and big enough to stand up to each other and say oh look that's that's not what we're about that's well, the, kind of and the wiu has such an important role to play in so many children and women's lives a lot of people yeah. hang their hats on the wiu for the for the support of the rugby for, the, for, for even sometimes in some cases more than rugby yeah i just yeah. think um <laughs> you know Steve Phillips, he can say all he wants that, oh, this is all a bad patch before I became CEO, but he was still involved strongly in, in, in a in a bit in a in a um a high position within the WRU before he became CEO. So he would have known exactly what was going on. He would have known exactly who was saying these things or who was making these accusations. And it almost appears like um, you know, what did he say in his statement? Oh, we we had an environment where people weren't comfortable coming up and saying things. And it appears because if you did, you were then ostracised and forced to leave. But he had the opportunity to be that person to make that change. Yeah, yeah. And what do we see? Only now do we see them things coming to the fore of what he's been in there, like I said, Ed, for the last 16 years. And you know what what fundamental change has he been able to impart on, on that? Fundamentally... Yeah, uh, to me, to me, it just smacks of "I'm sorry, we were caught." More, oh, yeah, totally. there's more that than anything else. Yeah, like um, I, I, you know, reading earlier, he said, or um, 
uh, our chairman our chairman said in the new year statement that uh, we need to modernize and it's almost like why is he only saying that now in january 2023 yeah. you know it's almost like it's almost like the wiu were expecting this program and were getting their ducks in a row yeah. before it came out but have still <laughs> fallen massively short yeah. um i mean i'd just like to ask you both you know in any job you've worked in or any job uh you know you've you've known people working where could someone make a rape joke and not be released from that job or investigated or interviewed and, and not just a rape joke but a rape joke at a colleague who yeah. was there I'm, I'm sure like if if, um, if if any one of us in our in the positions we find ourselves in in a formal capacity made 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 light of something like that or made made an aggressive gesture towards a colleague yeah you know i mean strung up would wouldn't wouldn't be enough like so and i, I mean how we, easy, we, are you allowed to get away with that and everybody involved and i mean the the the, the men making these comments they will all have women in their lives who they love. Yeah. yeah. So it's like talk in those terms feels like it's almost a betrayal like of, of yeah. that. It's yeah. I agree. Totally agree. I mean, if you're happy to say it's, it's the one argument you make to people like that is imagine that was said to your, your wife, your daughter, your girlfriend, your mother, you know, yeah. you, 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 your you, auntie. You, you wouldn't be able to control your rage. You just, you just wouldn't. And yeah, I mean, um, uh, did uh, did you both read the statement from uh, the, the well, from Steve Phillips? And... I, I I read most of it, yeah. and I, I ended up skim reading it just yeah, because you could tell just how vacuous and uh, identical yeah. it, 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 it there was. There was words there, but they didn't have much um, substance. I think. It was almost like you'd asked an AI from 20 years ago to write <laughs> a generic media apology. It was lacking yeah. any substance. It was just words that sounded right. Lacking any substance and actual feasible I will commitment. say something that encourages me. Um, big sponsors such as Principality yes. have come out against this and... Big former players. I saw Jason Tavi yesterday continuing his good anti WIU work. <laughs> I saw Hlandevri Rugby Club come yeah. out and distance themselves from the statement. Yeah. It feels like clubs, yeah. I feel like ten years ago, this would have become very, very culture war esque, where there'd have been two sides, and some people would have been saying they're only jokes. We're only joking. They're obviously only joking. Whereas this time out, it feels like it's more people are like. That is bang out water. Steve Phillips yeah. has got to go. Life is a lot different now than it was that, that 10, 15 years ago. And even yeah. the Welsh government weighed into the WRU yeah. on the argument. Yeah. Um, asking, I say asking, you know, wanting change. I mean, if, 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 if the Welsh government are getting involved, they obviously see how this can impact on, on Wales as a whole. I mean, they have an interest, obviously, in the WRU and, and the, and what, what Welsh rugby brings to Wales and and, and everything around that, like it's, it's you know, massive for tourism. I mean, you get the the supporters following teams around the autumn internationals, the Six Nations. I mean, what, why would somebody from outside of Wales want to, you know, fill WIU's pockets with their hard-earned yeah. euros or dollars or whatever it be, uh, and and to fund that kind of uh, that kind of setup? 
Well, yeah, if you if you're a mass, uh, you know, multinational uh, company with you with the funds to to sponsor a, a, an entity as big as the WRU, you don't want to associate yourself with something like this. And if and if the WRU board are serious about the game surviving in Wales, then surely they should see the threat of this money being taken yeah. away from the WRU and. Do the do the right thing and resign. Like it, it, not not just because of the money. Do the right thing and resign because there are a bunch of cuts who have have let this happen with, and, and done respect. nothing about it until like like we said earlier, they're only sorry because they've been caught. Yeah, and, and with, with, without those resignations, think how difficult it's going to be to have people want to associate with the WIU. So in terms of sponsors, in terms yeah. of people wanting to work there, yeah. I mean, if you're a if you're a woman looking for a oh. job now and the WIU had vacancies. You think it twice. You think it three, four yeah. times over again. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I, I can't, I, you know, I can't put myself into into the boots of a of a Welsh uh, inter- woman international. Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I could just imagine myself just not wanting to play for the Welsh team. Like you know, and, and it's sad because that only affects the the young girls and the and the young young rugby fans that are, are, have been enjoying women's rugby. I, I you know, the Welsh women's team over the last year has been amazing and I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed every game I've watched and yeah, um, absolutely. you know I was even getting up at the crack of dawn to watch mm. them in the World Cup and uh, you know I thought they were met you know obviously they had their issues they're still bedded in as professional team but it's just like you know you're putting all this effort in well, it's not an easy job yeah. and then you've you've got you're doing it for this board of Again, in quotes, crusty old men. Well, like you know, and there's that there was that comment that came to light, wasn't it? That women's rugby is just a game for lesbians, and <laughs> like you know, if 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 you want to think of yourself as a valued professional athlete, that's not the environment no. where that feeling's going to be fostered. It's, no, I mean, I, I, there's you know, some some people may feel disillusioned and sort of on the fringe of of being able to get in sports. Be it, be it team sports, be it individual sports, and with feelings and opinions like that, they're going to only feel even more isolated from something they may want to get involved with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say it was uh, Charlotte Wathen was the um, you know ex uh, Wales women's um, manager who was the main um, sort of whistleblower in that program. Uh, but then even like finding out about the ex player who's now an AM MP. Yeah. Labour MP, I think it is, yeah. uh, Tonya Antodiazzi. Like, and seeing how upset she, how upset she got in that um, uh, program after like finding out or talking about what happened was so upsetting. I think and, the, you know the, the thing that summed it up for me was the punishment would be some of your free tickets are taken, oh. and that, that's like that yeah. is precisely you know if you'd have made me guess. I might have said sarcastically that that would be the punishment, and, and it yeah. fucking was. Like, what's, what's that? A couple of free tickets? A couple of free tickets? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing yeah. screams job for the boys, old man's club, than than you know, thinking taking someone's free tickets away was such a harsh punishment. The serious ramifications from from them actions is what is what not just rugby public, but the rest of the country want to be want to see. I mean, and yeah. it's just, it makes a, makes a mockery, sort of. Oh, you can have you want to have your two. Oh, you want to have your ten free tickets. No, we're saying things like that. I mean, it's an absolute mockery of sort of how how the foot needs to come down on things like these. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are um, 
drawing comparisons to the Yorkshire uh, cricket uh, racism scandal. And I think, uh, I you know, I admittedly I didn't know a lot about that, but there there was talk that the board were really slow in acting, and then sponsors were actually you know withdrawing sponsorship, and that only when that was happening yeah. that then the board were like resigning and. I just really hope he doesn't go that far with this board. I, I really hope that you know Yian Evans actually actually releases something, <laughs> you know, makes a comment would be a start. Well, it'd be um, if he was in the country. Well, <laughs> su- supposedly, yeah, it's yeah. like some it's a nice out to be able to sort of use sometimes, isn't it, to sort of stay away and plan your response. Like, but uh, yeah. I think um, what Yian Evans has said more recently, sort of the last couple of hours, is. The review was going to go external, which I think it's the only way they yeah. can do this. I mean, they, they've shown what an internal review means, yeah. and mostly what it means is not interviewing the people who are even yeah. alleged to have done these things. It's it's just it's just a thing to be seen to be doing, knowing full well that they're gonna not cooperate fully. It's like you've seen you know, it, it, even the fight. Well, it's just gonna going to say the fight that you know the findings of that review into the women's game that they didn't publish and then steve phillips came out to try and say oh well that was told that you know people were told it was a it was um a a private review and that they could uh say things um without it being brought to light and i mean that's not a review it's just that's a that's a that's a commitment uh, sort of not coming up with the truth no, it, it's just I, for me personally, and 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 what's been refreshing to see for a lot of people that I follow online and respect, whose opinions I respect, they're all calling for the same thing, which yeah. is the board to be disbanded and the whole WRU as a entity to be restructured and you know <laughs> renewed. I think, I think we I, all I, agree that wouldn't be a bad thing for a future episode. I have been trying to do some research on the organizational structure of the WIU and it's really God. convoluted and just needlessly bloated and uh, yeah, it needs it needs modernizing streamlining <laughs> modernizing the lot yeah well um i could see us all getting quite passionate about that then which is good and and, and so we should be but um you know, I, I I would just implore anyone who hasn't yet to watch that BBC Wales Investigates program and uh, and you know just get involved and just you know make noise about it and it it, it can't it can't be left to go unpunished or, or you know seem to seem to have nothing done to it is my opinion. I feel like they were hoping that the Six Nations might overshadow it, but they were wrong. It's like not- people. Everybody I know in rugby gives more of a shit about the yeah. scandal than the Six Nations right now. Yeah, seems to be another attempt to uh, paper over the seemingly sort of you can't call them cracks anymore. Can you... Chasms, chasms, chasms. Ca- ca- yeah, great word, chasms. Um, yeah. So I think um, I'll, I think we'll move on from that now. But obviously, I don't say that's the last we've heard of it. And well, I bloody hope not. Anyway, and yeah, any more that comes to light, we'll be sure to to discuss it in future episodes. Um, so on to the launch of the Six Nations. Then, um, 
I really enjoyed Galtier's uh, outfit. Yeah, he was, <laughs> I think, the guy. only one only one not wearing a navy suit with uh, brown daps. <laughs> it's almost a uniform for a launch, like, isn't it? You know, you ah, wear a different colour tie, but you wear yeah. brown shoes. Did you notice they put, uh, I think they put Borthwick and Gatland on opposite sides of the of the lineup? Oh, I didn't notice that, no. Yeah, in the photo, I think they did. Yeah, a little bit of distance between them. But the, these things are always just... I, I don't know that much ever comes out of these launches. Nothing of any substance or interest. Uh, like, you know, you, you ask a coach what are his aspirations to the Six Nations, and who doesn't say, I would like to win the Six Nations, is, is lying. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't even write off at least, the, the at least set up saying that anymore. No? no. You know, this is, it's quite feasible. I mean, like, you know, there may not be any, any surprises with maybe Ireland doing reasonably well, but let's hope we can sort of maybe stick the boot into that in the first weekend. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're good at that. Ireland week up first is always uh, always good. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I just don't know. Is, is there was there anything juicy in that Six Nations launch at all? Uh, I'm not really. I think uh, maybe the juiciest thing was Ken Owens not needing a jacket. Yeah, toughest <laughs> toughest guy in Carmarthen. Yeah. He's, he's got like a permanent beer jacket somehow. I, think I, I I watched a bit of um Johnny Sexton's interview, um, and he went on to sort of mention the um height of the tackle matter that's been brought into England with the amateur clubs. Oh, yeah. Um, not to paraphrase Johnny Sexton, of course, but um, he went along along the lines to say he doesn't agree with it and, you know, players should be able to make a decision on how how and how they tackle, which, you know, I, I, I kind of agree with in that sentiment. And I think there's, there's a lot few... to go on with the tackle height, but yeah, yeah. I think there's a few things at play here. So the first, I think, is the misunderstanding of what your waist is, uh, and in this context, it's sternum. Um, and I think a tackle around the sternum plus some grey area is better than neck or below. Yeah, but yeah, the diff the difficulty is that there wasn't much consultation with the clubs in England, and so. Once you've once you've got the information that head on head contact can cause early onset dementia, even at amateur level, if you're armed with that information and you still want to play that game, ugh, like I wouldn't, but I, I can see why some people should be allowed to if they want to, begrudgingly. Um, but I, I don't think the idea is quite as bad as the, it was communicated to be. Yeah, there was like definitely an issue, an issue, an issue in how that was put across from yeah. the from the the government, the governance of it. Um, like, if you look at that that sort of lower tackle height, I mean, players straight away come in with sort of like, how does that knee impact on the head? Then it's not going to happen mm. every time, but there's still that instance where you're going to. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. take an absolute clattering. You know, knees, they're pretty, pretty substantial things, and so is your head. I mean, there's not going to be much give between the pair of them. And I'm sure we've all, a number of players who've had bumps and scrapes and cracks from, from making such tackles. Like, But um, it, it, it's difficult to, to get low in a short space of time if you're not, yeah, already, I, if you're not already there. I mean, it, it might be for old dogs. Um if if you bring it in at early ages, and I mean, we we've always been taught to tackle low, especially on big boys. And like 
nobody's ever aiming for the knee, really. Uh, like, whenever I've tried to tackle, I've tried to tackle around the sort of midriff. Um, and I think it's a, it'd be a generational shift, right? So course, yeah. it, it'd be difficult to get the Vets team to... Oh, they... <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's yeah. it. They, they're done for. But, like, yeah, if you started it at minis and juniors yeah. and just allowed it to then precipitate through the ranks with those players who were introduced to it, then by the time they get to senior rugby... You think that stick with them? That then, tackle technique is probably going to be fine. Then with that sort of everyone wants to prove they're bigger and bigger and tougher than anyone else, and bigger and stronger, and can. I, I do feel there's some weird cognitive dissonance going on though, because I feel like a lot of the people who bemoan rugby players being too big and too fast and the lack of offloads are the same people who don't want people's arms to be free in softer tackles. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Dan Lydia become sort of the, the, the prior for chop tackling. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know, that was his bag. Um, he invented the genre, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, if, if anybody's watching how to make a great chop tackle, there's, there's got a, a plethora of videos on YouTube, no doubt. Yeah. With... Well, I just watched Dan Lydia's highlight video for yeah, France. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just chopping boys for fun, like, you know. I'm sure they called him the lumberjack after that. <laughs> Rightly so. Right. Uh, so, something that is continuing to happen it appears in Welsh rugby is the news of players being touted for English and French teams most recently Adams Josh Adams a few teams in France lining up really big money bids for him and uh, um, um, very recently as of of like I think the weekend Sunday or I think it was Nicky Smith being um Looking to be poached by a few English teams. I think if you're Nicky Smith, you could be forgiven for having a titsful. Yeah. Yeah. For what? Yeah. For reason, it's just not happening for him in the in the Wales setup. This this season, the guy can do no more. Yeah. I mean, apart from driving oh. the bus for the boys, he he's done it all. We don't know that he isn't. If you're driving the bus as well, please um, please let us know so we can uh, amend yeah. our incredulity. <laughs> Uh, Josh Adams I mean I like having superstars at the club but in a World Cup year uh, you know Josh isn't going to be back in Cardiff until October November you might get a couple of games out of him then it's Six Nations Uh, and if there's going to be quote Cardiff's biggest ever transfer fee end quotes then we might be able to invest in an actual hooker so um, (laughs) that would be nice wouldn't it so uh, you know, back three players, t- talented finishing back three players, I think are less valuable than gnarled forwards in a, in a long club season. So, Reese, you saying you'd rather offload yeah. than higher profile players? I think so, yeah, because, I mean, to be fair to Josh Adams, he surprised me with his industry week in, week out. And he's not your typical sort of stardust player who comes to a region and guess wheeled out a couple of times a season. There's, you know guys I'd be talking about, they, they, they're at every region, yeah. and they, they only play a handful of games each season, and they're fairly ineffective. Yeah. Josh hasn't been one of those, but next season, through no fault of his own, he is going to be less available. And I just wonder if, yeah. if his contract's coming to an end anyway, and assuming that we are allowed to sign new players sometime soon, it, 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 it wouldn't be the end of the world. And, and with, the, with the players going, being able to sign new players, it all sort of comes back to the, the, the deals that have not already been done and the, the way that's been yeah. handled. 
I think with the Josh Adams uh, announcement, I was, you know, obviously he's been prolific for Cardiff this season uh, so far, and I was a bit, you know, gutted to hear it, not surprised by any means. But then when I found out about, you know, the rumours of the transfer fee, I was just thinking this one player, as good as he has been for Cardiff, you know, could really, selling him could really boost Cardiff more than keeping him in the sense of investing that money back into, like we said, like into a good hooker. Or... What's, what's the figures that have been banded about? I haven't seen that. Don't know. I mean, the, the oh, yeah. biggest ever could be 50 quid. You know, it's... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know the last player we sold for a transfer fee. I thought these things were typically done at the end of contracts. Does so... transfer fee suggest France then? You'd have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I Like, I will put my hands up. The the transfer market of rugby of club rugby confuses the hell out of me. Yeah. If you know football's nice and simple, you've got your January transfer window, <laughs> got your summer transfer window, and that's and that. Contracts mean <laughs> nothing. And you know, can can, yeah. can rugby actually take something from football, which can be of a benefit to to the sport? Like you know, having that opportunity to transfer mid season. Well, be... I I I don't feel like players show up in the middle of a season for a club. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that a transfer window works in rugby just because of it injuries and squad death. Yeah, it was Kirby Moyhill, wasn't it? Um, last season, I think, where he um, kind of got signed by Glasgow or Edinburgh, I can't remember which one, to cover injuries yeah. or or to go up there to get game time, and then Cardiff had injuries and <laughs> basically come said, back. Well, "Yeah, come back, mate." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I digress. All over the country as well. I mean, the Ospreys have just um, temporarily signed uh, Tom Cowan Dickey, Luke Cowan Dickey's brother, to cover the um, injuries to uh, Dewey Lake and Sam Parry. Well, that's that's a nice little and segue there. So, Dewey's. With um, Scott Baldwin being called up to replace, to, yeah. to, to, to fill in for Dewey Lake in the first couple of games yeah. of Six Nations. So, so, that is a decent segue there. So, De- Dewey's out, but it sounds as if the entire tournament. Is it? Uh, so so gutted you know, for him. I, I've been I've been looking forward to seeing more of him because yeah, you know, I, I feel like when once tournament rugby gets going, you really the the sort of little idiosyncrasies of different players really starts to bed in with you, and you start to yeah. look out for it on a match by match basis. So if you, you look mm. at sort of Dewey Lake, for example, there he's 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 carrying up like a, like a six, yeah, like you know he's yeah. he's in playing in the midfield like a twelve, carrying it contact like a six. His darts are good. His, 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 his scrummaging is great I mean he's yeah. he looks in some part the all-rounder kind of thing have there been any other high-profile ones De- Lake aside I know that Zamet's return keeps getting pushed back a little bit and a little bit uh, but I think so far so good in yeah, terms of injuries right no other sort of major disruptions to the uh, to the wider squad like is it yeah I, like I think um, uh, uh, Leon Brown came came through well uh, to be fun you know, and we'll get onto this in shortly, but like he was impressed with his um his uh, cameo on the weekend for Dragons. So I thought he he came on and he looked he looked he looked um you know aggressive and he looked hungry for it. Lloyd Frey brother, I think, was um playing his best gamesmanship game, I think. He was uh, having his having his fun with the the, the, the Lions loose head. And yeah. sometimes you can, that's great, like, but uh, I think I was very, very impressed with how Leon Brown come on and 
Logistics around the park stuff, but that that facet of the game, which I think has been there for all to see, and which he hasn't been that prolific for. Yeah, well, so far. I mean, talking of props, another nice little segue here onto the weekend's games. Uh, the emergence of the oldest-looking twenty-four-year-old prop. <gasps> Can I can I (laughs) jump in here and um, so this this Ospreys Leicester game, which fair played Ospreys. I was in possibly the only two Irish pubs on earth that weren't showing the rugby, and not only that, didn't have televisions. Oh wow! (laughs) So so I I I I honked myself in the bar at. Irish pub Le Lord in Breve got my phone uh, plugged on the bar and I sat next to a lovely bloke from Ely who'd moved to France years ago and we watched we oh, watched wow. that game together nice. and Shanklin didn't let me hear the end the, the end of it he's like Reese John George we watched the game on his iPhone all weekend <laughs> <laughs> I, I was happy enough I was just in my little corner watching the rugby and uh, yeah what a bloody game boys but oh. yeah you, you, you two props tell me about Reese uh, Henry <laughs> Go on, Ed. Go well, on, Mikey. No, it's your oh. team, Mikey. I mean, cap him. Cap him now. <laughs> right? uh, get rid of all the other tight ends, right? All you need in life is a Reese Henry, right? <laughs> like, right. You look at props. Modern day props. Nonsense, right? <laughs> you, when you need, right, you look at, look at, Right, not picking on certain players, but you look at a prop. They say props on here. They need to be handlers. They need to be passing and catching and cutting lines, like like Genji and Sinclair. When the push comes to the shove, in a literal sense, when you need a scrummager <laughs> to win that set piece, right? When who are you going to call? Reese Henry. Yes, yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Like what what a performance, right? I mean, I think and you had a lot more opportunity a lot lately, and like I think to to to. to to batter that Leicester scrum, to firm it up and 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 push on, it was like I was in awe. I was watching it. Granted, I was about three or four Guinness deep at the time, but that didn't matter, <laughs> right? What I mean, absolute awe. And the post-match celebrations where Reese Henry's leading the charge in the change rooms, singing Elvis songs with a with, with a can of beer in his hand. It's like that, that's that's rugby. Well bloody I can, done. And yeah. I can see Reese Henry at the Porth Call Elvis convention. <laughs> like, he, he probably loves it. Loving like. life. And, you know, it's like you, you need players like that. Players who are there to do a job. I've been a massive advocate through rugby of, like, you know, your, your, your props are there for you to win your scrums and lift your line outs and hookers are there to do yeah. their job. Second rows are to do their job. Your eight is for carrying. Your, your sixes and sevens are tacklings and breakdowns. Nine, wingers are to look pretty. Wingers they look pretty, right? <laughs> and, and all that. Centers are to the the, the the grafting in the midfield. So if everyone does their job right, then you know you, you get the rewards. And Reese Henry did number one job there, perfect every time he hit the scrum. And what a, what a guy! I I do like a dynamic prop. Uh, don't get me wrong. I I think um, I enjoy a prop who's got a bit about them. Like you know, I'm big big fan of Ellis Genge. Um, but I just think there's just something about seeing a professional prop like Reese Henry in this modern day of rugby, um, <laughs> sort of unzip his subs jacket and just sort of trundle onto the pitch and just 
<laughs> just have it. Just give give the world a mess in his tight head. He's, he's become like an overnight cult hero. Oh my god! Say. Yes. <laughs> And like I said, he looks about forty, but like I said, he's like twenty-four, and 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 that's brilliant. I think I read something on Twitter uh, that either just after the game or during the game, someone came on there and said, um, "Scrums are not. You don't build props in a gym. You build props on a park, scrummaging in the bar after, and then a kebab on the way home. That's <laughs> how you build props. And I'm yeah, and that for me is 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 right up there. I I buy another every day." being an advocate but, of a beer and a kebab after a game on a Saturday or be it but that's it's, it's, it's like you know you, you, you get that now so I've been able to undo your opposite number physically and it's like you can't learn that by lift by yeah. pressing and squatting I it think helps, like, but you can't the, be doing it there was, there was so much going on in this game as well so I mean you had Raffle versus Tiprick you had Owen oh. Williams going back to Leicester uh, and then you had the drama of a last-minute win after some TMO controversy. I mean, it, like, oh god, yeah. For you know, as as a standalone fixture, it was a fantastic. I, I only wish it had been in a normal four-team pool because that to close out, oh, yeah, would yeah. have been incredible. Um, but it does mean that Ospreys are through and they they travel to Saris. Do you know what? I fancy that. Yeah, <laughs> I fancy like it, I fancy like knocking Saris out. It's a classic Forbidden Love Rugby podcast prediction. Uh, what what is currently <laughs> happening will continue to happen. No, no. When, when do we know when that, that fixture is going to take place? Uh, first, like last weekend of March, first weekend of April. So is it, is, is like, that going to be outside the Six Nations window? Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah. So the players will be back. They'll have had their rest yeah. and, and they'll, they'll be ready. So use an interesting one. Or should I keep it for later? Uh, no, I might, might as well. Is it, go on. Is it predict- yeah, go on. 12 on 12. Can you see where I'm going with this? Kieran Williams oh, versus Kieran. Oh, right. Nick Tompkins. Uh, he's I gonna thought you meant 12 players against No, no, 12 no, no, no. 12 on, the, 12 on 12. I'm telling you now, Kieran Williams is putting a hole in Nick... Putting a Kieran Williams-sized hole in the midriff of Nick Tompkins. Interesting. It's going to happen. And I want to be there to see it. Fair enough. You see, you're going to be uh, travelling east down the motorway. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I'm going to get there. A thumb lift all the way down the M4, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but with my Osprey's flagging one hand and a slab of Guinness in the other. I don't know how, how I'm going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to be there. Well, we look forward to the live match reporting from you on the day. No problem, Robin Reporter. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, just to recap on the weekend, uh, outside of that game, uh, all Welsh teams oh, did qualify, uh, despite the sort of mismatch of uh, results. Um, yeah, so uh, a good weekend. Um, Reese, uh, oh, well, should we just, did I, I didn't watch the Bayon Scarlet's game, I will admit. It, I, Do we have any I think it was feedback on one that? of those ones which was only available on EPCR TV. My uncle texted me at halftime to say they were twenty nil up, and then by the end of the game, yeah, they just they did well. They didn't come out for the second half, and Bayon managed to score seven. I was planning on watching the game. It was on S four C, in fact. Yeah. Um, but oh. uh, I I was busy. But um, I don't think there's any real surprise there, given the position of the Scarlets being top yeah. of that pool, yeah. and you know yeah. they they a difficult team to catch in in that tournament. Yeah, I think so. Um, it sounded like it wasn't a great game uh, to to watch. So, yeah, I mean, well, you know, uh, no. so what is this now? The Scarlets get uh, breathe in the last sixteen and and Bayona out. 
just, uh, I mentioned this in the thread, how Breathe can suffer those mm. humiliations that they did and still somehow qualify for a knockout yeah. game on, on by beating Cardiff. It doesn't make sense to how the tournament is set up. I, I will say, yeah. yeah, this is an artifact of this qualification setup. So I feel like if we move on to the Breathe Cardiff game, Breathe... Yeah brought it this week they've been listening to the podcast and they've heard what you've said <laughs> that you can't go half-assed against cardiff anymore and they didn't knew that you were gonna be there. yeah so they they went stacked and they've had some good results and they've had some new coaches and they've suddenly turned it on they, they've turned a corner but it sounds it in in their campaigns and we looked again just leggy and tired and disinterested and i don't know if it was like from where i was sat in the stadium so it's in like one of the top corners but Cardiff progress with ball in hand, like just running along the pitch, looked really laboured and slow. Um, and Breve just looked so up for it. And I think all of a sudden, like that shift in culture, and I think what was happening is they knew that all they needed to do was win their final home game, and they were probably through. So yeah. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they, they went on a little bit of a run or at least gave it a shot away to Scarlet. I don't think they qualified by accident. Like, they were up for beating us. Yeah. I, I, I missed the game live because the earlier kickoff meant it clashed with the game I was playing. So I've seen the highlights since. And, um, yeah, they just, like, compared to the team we played at the Arms Park, they just looked like a completely refreshed, yeah. you know, up-for-it team. And... I just think it must have taken Cardiff by surprise. And I, I wonder if um, Dai hasn't been great with uh, squad rotation, like which has been great as a fan, but obviously, you, you know, do, do you think you're starting to see a few yeah, tired bodies out there now from Cardiff? There's a lot of that period of, um, of the derbies over the Christmas period. Like, and there's a lot of players playing a lot of minutes like over there. Yeah. And you, you, you're asking them go, to go to the well yet again, in not, not, a, not a necessarily a Christmas derby fixture, but, you know, in the highest end European fixture they're going to be able to play in this season and the, the flip side of that coin is then the wider squad players didn't have a lot of game time so you know our wingers were Jason Harries and Alid Summerhill and you know on their day they're great players but they've got so few minutes this season mm. that it just wasn't working for them and there was there was a lot of dropped ball there was a lot of miscommunication mm. I, I saw one one defensive set we had where the backs were talking to each other whilst scrambling like pointing in different directions and it, it felt very yeah. disorganized and yeah I, I do think that Dai's come out and said that he likes to keep things consistent but then when you are shown of players yeah. and you do have injuries you've got inexperienced guys coming on by definition there's not a luxury of having yeah. a fitting premiership to support the regions send away the likes of Jason Harris added some help go away and play for the likes of potentially Cardiff, Ponty, Merthyr, and then be able to sort of have adequate game time against adequate opposition to sort of keep the keep it bubbling ready for when they do get back into the blue squad. Cardiff I, I, don't, squad. I don't think it even has to be that complicated. <laughs> I mean, I think it, you've got to be smart in a long season and I think you just give, guy, give guys a rest when you can, bring in the other guys when you can. Um, I mean, we saw Harry Millard for the first time. He'd been playing with the Rags. Um, we saw him for the first time for for the first team last uh, last week, and yeah, he got injured within ten minutes. You know, so all of a yeah. sudden, like the the guy who was probably going to France 
he's gone and his replacement has, hasn't yeah. played any bloody rugby. Yeah. Anything the Ospreys had the same the other day with um, Matt Brotherall. He hadn't yeah. played for a fair old while. Oh, Comes God, on yeah. 10 minutes, yeah. bumps against off. Leinster. And feel for the guy, because I think when he... What, apologies, just sort of off on a tangent. He come into the Osprey setup, looking sharp as a tack. Yeah. And um, yeah. It, it, again, it's, it's that matter of players not getting game time, not getting used to the bumps, not getting used mm-hmm. to picking themselves back up. And then when the bumps come, they're twice as twice as bad as, as, as they should be, really, because they're not getting that regular. And you can do all the contact you want in training. It's never the same as you cannot re- you can't replicate a, a, a game's physicality in. On the yeah, training. it's impossible in training because it's like <laughs> I, I hate tackle training because you're almost just like you're standing there to let someone yeah. smash you. It's like you know you, you you can practice technique until the cows come home, but yeah, in a match you're never gonna have the same set of uh, you, parameters you've got to, and... to practice every type of tackle yeah sort of higher ooh, dirty wood tackles more mid some mid sections sort of mm-hmm. your low down tackles mm-hmm. around around the waist and then you know trying to sort of when you're dragging yourself up from one breakdown to another and then try and tackle as well i mean that's difficult enough for an amateur player yeah. alone sort of when there's something <laughs> more more you know meaningful as a professional on the line so it, it does mean then that as we said breves are Breaver off to Scarlets, and it gives Cardiff sale in the the Champions Cup dropout in the Arms Park, which will be bouncing, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I just like to say def- we were a Lloyd Williams spilled ball away from, I think, Dragons or Poe. So. And if you were going to rely on anyone to gather and make Lloyd- a difference, it's Lloyd Williams. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he'd be kicking himself. Like he's he's a clubman through and through, and that that will have hurt him, I think. But I'm looking forward to the sale game. But I think that's probably sales for the taking if they want it. Oh, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, we'll get obviously we'll get. Oh yeah, I say we're getting to that close yeah, to the sure. to the weekend. But I'm just quietly confident with Cardiff. I feel like that's a sort of big game that they'll get themselves up for, and um, you know, at cap, I reckon it'll be sold out, bouncing. Hashtag and, cap. <laughs> um, uh, talking of dragons, then um, they went down twenty five thirty to the lions. Um, pretty much done and dusted in the first half, but then they did did turn it around and were were just you know a one one turnover away at the end from potentially making a massive comeback from the dragons in the second half. And it's like you won that fight in the first half from you wanted to be com- competitive yeah. from from the get go, and you know having to change. Venue probably, I thought, would have suited the Dragons more because that's mm. their, their training facility. But and I played on it, trained on it as well, and it's, it's it's a fast old surface. Like, and the bounce of the ball is tricky at best. Like, but like, yeah, you know, so, some of them Lions players made it look like you know, Usain Bolt in comparison. They were zipping up. even when even the prop made a breakaway <laughs> in the first few moments of the game, and you know he. Scrum half was trying to catch all of him. Like, I mean, that's a quick old pitch, but I'm sure it's not that quick. I could never shift that quick over that kind of surface. <laughs> I uh, tell you one thing I did learn from this game is that Dragons must have fewer than 1,000 season ticket holders. Interesting. Uh, well, the capacity is 1,000, and if they said season, season ticket holders can come, then they must have been able to accommodate all of them. Well, I think so. another matter there was, you know, doing the rounds on your social media was like some of the Dragons fans walked to the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they don't have the capacity for private, personal travel and, mm-hmm. you know, public service links 
on Sunday afternoon uh, less less oh, available right. to sort of yeah. to, to that. Like you know, if you can get the game, great. But and I'm sure the Dragons had to make a decision, and that that was the decision that was made. I mean, like you know, like I said earlier, like I'd love to go down to see the game being in such it being being so close. But obviously that opportunity wasn't it. Perhaps I should get myself a Dragon season ticket just in case this comes up again. <laughs> Not having my money that easy, Dragons. Let me tell you that. Yeah, like um. I mean, it's not the first time that they've sort of been bamboozled by a team uh, in the first half, or like they've been slow yeah. to start the Dragons. I know what happened against the Bulls, I think it was, where they went sort of 17 nil down pretty quickly. Yeah. And like likewise, in this game, they did, they did sort of claw it back, but just could never sort of get, you know, get back enough to... To I, make I it, and um, Moriarty, Moriarty was one of the players they were looking to, to sort of drive him forward in the game from the first off, because he got taken down, uh, taken off with a, with a head mm. injury early on. So maybe that disrupted the game plan somewhat, maybe. But um, Aaron Wainwright came yeah. to re- to replace, and he's been playing it. He's a dynamic player, um, different type of player, of course, but you know, still and still sort of fully aware of what the game plan required, but. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. So what, what this does mean, yeah. though, is that if Dragons were to beat Glasgow away <laughs> and Lions yeah. were to beat Racing in South Africa, then Dragons and Lions could meet for the fourth time this uh, season. I mean, they, they're on first in with each other, they're shaking hands in the scrubs, yeah. are they, and such. A proper burgeoning in rivalry, that one. is uh, incredible. It was like that season where Wales played Australia somewhere like yeah. seven times in one season. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> And maybe this is what the US URC is all about: getting these regular games against South Africa sides. Oh, you hope it's yeah. not. Dragons like nobody beats us three times in a row and gets away with it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great narrative around that, like, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, that'd be something to look forward to potentially. Um, to be honest, I don't see Dragons doing Glasgow away. Uh, oh, yeah. But you know, we we've been known to be wrong with our predictions. We have. We have. <laughs> Um, so something that's worth mentioning, uh, I did uh, see last week that um, Wales into twenties were actually um, playing Poland on the weekend. Uh, Poland senior men's team, uh, Wales into twenty, coming out seventy-eight uh, twelve victors in Cardiff on Friday. So bit of a one-sided affair there. Um, Fair play to Poland, getting two tries, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah and I think it's part, part of the development has been because of this. Uh, their coach, Christian Hitt, so apparently he's a Welsh guy. Um, but I, I have noticed them on Twitter, like Poland would be playing a random sort of Welsh premiership side every now and then. So like they've played cross keys and part of Met and they turned those teams over. But um, yeah, this, the Wales under 20s was a step too far. But uh, yeah, so they've been promoted into the second tier of European rugby this season amazing which is kind of exciting actually yeah morgan stoddart is there as well isn't he with paul is he yeah i believe so oh, yeah. okay so it's the two coaches uh they are welsh links so no doubt there's um I, that's I why so, they're across here so often maybe sort of take i used to love yeah. stoddart i used to love yeah. stoddart yeah Such same Pony boy uh yeah. <laughs> trial boy <laughs> Ooh, <right. laughs> um, yeah it'd be interesting to see um how they get on in that uh in this in the second tier 
competition. Um, yeah, so, so it's a, for writing Gav, it's a two it's a two conference competitions. There's Group A and Group B, four teams in in each group. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. There's some good there's some good teams in those in those two groups. Yeah, that yeah. that is it is quite interesting for that second tier uh, European mm. tournament. Like it's, um, and there's lots of chat around. Should one of them teams be promoted to the Six Nations? Should South Africa be invited because of the URC? I'd rather see a European team come in if it's going to expand by a team. I'd rather see the likes of Georgia come in. I think so. Just about just purely because it's easier for like a weekend away. Yeah, on a, on a selfish level. No, um, yeah, is, is Tbilisi as easy to get to as uh, Cape Town? Maybe we should maybe should we should investigate that first. <laughs> you'd, you'd think that well, you, yeah, you would. You that like... weekend it would be easier to get to than some other places, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Well, I think uh, we're going to take a little break there, and um, when we come back, we've got that interview with uh, Liam Price of the South Wales Jets, and then. Um, We'll look at the weekend's round 13 of the URC and go on to our forbidden love. So see you on the other side. Bye. Cheers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned. Uh, we're now joined with, as we promised, Liam Price, a.k.a. Biz, from the South Wales Jets. How are you doing, Liam? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Thanks for having not me on. Problem. Good. I'm excited to learn more about you guys. Um, to start with, Biz, I was thinking you could tell us a little bit about your rugby journey as a player and a supporter. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty, pretty much played rugby all my life from a very young age. Um, for down in West Wales, uh, started life in Ammonford. Played uh, played all the junior ranks in Ammonford um, up until youth and then senior rugby, and then. Um, when I left school, I actually went to College Cigar and was part of um, the Scarlet's Academy at the time. Oh, bloody hell. Um, unfortunately, uh, a bit of an injury stopped me from carrying on down there. So it was a case of uh, leave, leaving college and uh, starting my working life. So that uh, stopped any aspirations I had at, at probably professional level. But um, obviously, rugby still massive part of my life yeah. carried on playing playing senior rugby at Ammonford. Um met my wife then who's from uh the rugby heartlands of Anisabul. <laughs> Warriors <laughs> territory. <laughs> <laughs> moved moved up to Anisabul and uh, started playing for them and um enjoyed a couple of seasons with them then moved on then over to Nelson where I met Mikey and uh, the rest is history, really. You never look back. Spent, uh, yeah, what a history it's been. <laughs> yeah, spent a uh, good few years at Nelson and um, probably some of my happiest playing days. We had uh, a good few promotions in, in, in a quick succession and uh, we were quite successful when I was there. So uh, it was uh, it was a good time to be there, to be at the club. That's, that's awesome. So uh, in terms of your um, supporting career then, I guess being an Ammonford boy... It sounds like you might also be a Scarlet's fella as well. Yeah, Scarlet's through and through for my sins. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 a tough it's a tough old life. Especially at the moment. The squad that we got, yeah, especially this year, the squad that we got on paper. You look at it and you think, you know, it's it's a cracking squad, like loaded with internationals, with lions, and they just can't seem to string. 
couple of performances. And I don't know if you've listened to the last few episodes, but like at the start of uh, recording these, like was it five or six weeks ago, yeah. we were very much of the opinion that Scarlets are in for a terrible season. But all of a sudden, yeah. they just started pulling these results out of their asses, and it seems to have clicked all of a sudden. It's, it's, it's difficult because you look at it, and on paper, yeah, we've won six of the last seven. But if you look at the performances, this we still haven't put a decent performance in. Yeah. You know, it's like I, I was I was talking to Mikey in the week, and we we beat Bayonne last week, but it was still a frustrating watch, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, it's it's good that we're winning and, and not playing great, but I think the test will come. Uh, when we play a decent, when we play a really decent I, side, I think mean? some of the best rugby I saw Scarlets play this season would have been that Cardiff game uh, in the Arms Park. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ed, Ed and I, and I think Mikey too. We were all convinced it was going to be a bonus point win for Cardiff. Oh yeah, then, oh yeah, yes, yeah, Scarlet. <laughs> I, I yeah, and then Scarlets just I, showed up and turned us over, and you know. I was offered, I was offered free tickets to that game, <laughs> and I flat out turned them down because I did not want to be there when you humiliated us. And we turned you over. I was gutted. I t- what I do like the Scarlets are doing is they sort of giving Carwin Car- Car- to Plot a bit more game time, and he's showing up in a big way, in my opinion. Like, yeah. and um, uh, albeit through Callum Mafoni's red card for his little dust up with uh, Ross Moriarty, but um, how on, on his recent performances, like how how, how can they replace Tui Plotu and just stick Callum Mafoni back in? Like, um, it's nice headaches to have. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll, we'll we'll find it tough this Friday now against the Bulls. Yeah. You know, it's um it's, it's our first real test, and you know without a few of the internationals as well. Yeah. So we'll see how far we have. And I think what compounds that then is Bulls aren't going to be similarly affected as the Northern Hemisphere sides either. Yeah. No, so exactly. It's, it's, yeah. And this for me was where like the EOC becomes a bit disparted kind of thing where like you know not all the teams are sort of like they they they're not sort of any chance he could get. I am fully on the fuck the URC bandwagon, if quite frankly. So yeah, yeah. it's it's just so so. I I, I got I, I don't know if Mikey said, but I, I've got a season ticket this year mm-hmm. in Scarlet and in Gloucester. All oh, right. So I go after the after the King's Home every other week as well. Never. And the the difference between match day, you know, um, match day. What's the word I'm looking for? Match day experience. Is is unreal. Yeah, you know, you you. I I went from Kingsholm early in the season to watch um, Bristol, and it was a sellout, and it was yeah. unreal rugby being played. Yeah. to go in to going down to watch the, a zebra in in Parker Scarlet straight see, after uh, the game. Yeah. So I watched the two yeah. in the same day, and the difference was um, talking. Um, what Jesus. a great comparison, mind! Like you're looking at a local derby there, yeah. Yeah. and then you know, yeah. an international fixture like do you know what but I mean? even like, even Leinster last week even Leinster last week in the, in, in the King's Zone was a, was a near out sellout and the regions are, are screwed over by by the league by yeah. having international competition you know like I said to, the, to somebody the other day you know I will and apart from the local derbies where obviously there was over 10,000 people for the Scarlet Blues game uh, sorry the Cardiff game you know you get in 6,000 t- 6, fans yeah because you're not getting nobody from Italy yeah. coming over. You're not getting nobody from South Africa Massive coming point. over. No. And the away fans are just not there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the atmospheres then just aren't there to, for the fans. I think you're spot on there, Liam. Um, absolutely, there's, uh, there's some, in, some work definitely to be done by they to try and 
figure out how they fix that sort of getting more people in to yeah, watch exactly. it whether it's sort of you see the interactions with some pundits on twitter like his success is a big factor in what draws crowds but success doesn't come without without the the, the club the region investment <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll 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 be honest i i don't think the ulc will ever be a success with, with, without a salary cap, so the, there's, there's parity within the teams. You look at Leinster and their budgets compared to the Welsh teams. Welsh teams don't even know their budgets. Yeah. You know, you got you got Scotland. Scottish teams are backed by the SIU as well. Who you know, you've only got to look at Edinburgh. They, as soon as Worcester went down, they brought back uh, Duan van der Merwe, put him straight back in the Edinburgh team, and you know there was no money to bring back Owen Williams and Ashley Beck straight away. That the money had to be found. Like. Yeah. And you know, it's it's just. It's never going to be a success because there's, you're never going to be able to get the footfall through the gate. And try as you might, the, a long-standing criticism of the URC and the Guinness Pro 14 and all of its different iterations has been the, uh, the refereeing performances. And it's been really amplified this year by the South African teams joining. And you look on Twitter now and all of a sudden South African fans are like, what the hell have you boys been putting up with for the last we, decade? You know? We literally could do a whole podcast on referees. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started yeah. on that. And on that bombshell. We'll uh... yeah. <laughs> save that for another pod. It's... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Ed's alluded to uh, your involvement uh, with the South Wales Jets. Could you tell us a bit more yeah. about sort of how that come to be, what you do, how it all started, a bit of a history plan and what what's going on going forward yeah so um the south wheel jets was originally just a pie in the sky idea uh, i thought you know it's something that i could get myself back into rugby and um when covid hit back in you know 2020 now it um i, I was put on furlough and it, it really hit me hard, you know, it was, the, it was the first time ever that I'd not worked, you know, if anyone knows me, you know, knows that I'm a workaholic, I used to work sometimes eight, nine weeks on a bounce, you know, without a day off, and, you know, I, I would, it would proper get me down when I didn't have a weekend off, uh, when I had a weekend off, and when I got put on furlough, it was just an unbelievable thing for me, you know, it's, I went from one day working to nothing, and I thought I was losing everything. And it was the first time that I actually um, experienced mental health. I, I, I couldn't understand what was happening. I, uh, I would wake up in the morning and one day I would be full of motivation. I'd go for a run, I'd go out on the bike, I'd go for a walk at Penavan, and the next day I physically couldn't get out of bed. And I, and I, and I couldn't understand it. You know, I couldn't understand that I was in the midst of a, a d- depression episode. You know, it, it just, I couldn't figure it out. And, um, you know, I, sta- I started learning a bit more. My, my wife helped me. And, you know, I, I quickly realized that, you know, I wasn't the only one. Now, I'd, I'd given up rugby a few years p- prior to that because of, of work. Because, you know, I, I put work first and I couldn't commit on the weekend. So, but what I did miss about, what I did miss about rugby was the, the team aspect. You know, it's... Um, getting together with the boys on the weekend and you know having a beer with the boys and just having that t- team aspect in, in your life and you, you do miss it when you play rugby for so long you know you don't realize that it's not about the winning or losing it's about getting on that pitch with, with the boys and, and and you know celebrating with them boys like so you know my idea was that if i could get together a group of boys who wanted to play rugby but 
forget about the pressures of winning and losing and just go back to why we started playing rugby for in the first place, which, like I say, was, was, was the team environment. You know, I thought it was, it was an idea that had legs. And after COVID started to go, I thought, right, we can, we can use this as a tool to, to help other people because there's a massive stigma behind men's mental health. You know, you, you you've only got to be in a, in a team environment to to know that. You know, the first if, if somebody's feeling down or if somebody's you know having a bad day, you know, how many times have you heard the, the, the words "man up"? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and totally. Yeah, yeah. You, you you just don't know what's going on in somebody's head. You know, what 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 could be some going through one person's head is completely different to somebody else so your words can can mean a lot yeah you know it's like I've, I've come across people like um pe- people who are suffering with certain things you know and, and somebody can th- say a throwaway comment and mm. in a normal rugby environment you'll get a laugh from it you'll get people you know jumping on the bandwagon but you know you just don't know what's going through other people's heads so you know we we try to take that stigma away and and build that you know the the awareness of it and, tr- and trying to get people to say right actually you know are you okay and and uh, we do use hashtags of are you okay and ask twice yeah yeah the, the meaning behind that is if you ask somebody are they okay then they'll probably turn around macho yeah i'm fine no, no worries at all yeah. and if you you know if you ask them twice now i'm not saying that they will turn on you know tell you everything and you know to tell you you know their entire history but the the mentality and their mind changes as if to say well actually they're, they're not just saying it just because they need to say it they're saying it because they actually care you know that they might actually you know asking me if i am okay so you know it's trying to change people's mentality around it and trying to you know create an, an environment where people do feel free to talk so Liam, you speak quite sort of like candidly there about sort of like you know mental health and it's the, the team and the focus and what it's what it's all for. Um, if you're happy to answer the question, have you personally sort of been looking for any sort of mental health guidance and professional to sort of help help you? Like a lot of you said with sort of the, the time you felt like you did during lockdown. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I've, I've, I've spoken to a counsellor. You know, and it, and it's helped. And since since I've set up the Jets, I've done nothing but research and and look into you know the the the, the spectrum in in its in its, in its entirety. Um, I've done mental health uh, first aid training as well, so that I can you know understand a bit better. We've also partnered with um, a local South Wales charity called uh, Signposted Cymru. Uh, Darren over there is doing absolutely amazing things. To be fair. Um, we, as as a team, we've already referred a lot of people over yeah. there. Um, I won't give the exact figure, but you know, a lot of people have have, have had help from him, and it's a lot more than people will actually, you know, think it is. So, you know, having them there for for that is is amazing. That's amazing, mate. Did you find like that having pointed people in the right direction, sort of encouraging conversation? those happen between the groups uh those happen between the players in the group organically more now than they would have before yeah so since, since i set the group up you know there's been people in there who you'd never e- ever expect to to open up 
and you know like i say it's it, it's a group where people can feel free to to you know it's not your typical rugby group like you know i i i see myself sometimes as the fun police and after you know tell people to calm it down and tone it down a little bit as as mike you would agree and you know it's i don't want it to be that typical laddish rugby group yeah. where you know it's it, it it needs to be a, a bit different it's, it's a safer space for people to be able to to reach out yeah it's, it's incredible i mean like it's, i feel like it's something that has been missing from pretty much every valleys rugby team i've encountered in the past it's yeah like you say it, it is those little things like your man ups or your suck it up or you know, yeah it just doesn't foster an environment where you you'd want to talk about anything like that with essentially your mates right yeah it's, it's ingrained into you it's like you know you look at your father and you look at your grandfathers and you know they've they've grown up in you know in an environment where it's it was a bad thing yeah. like, you know you you know and that's that's passed on especially when in a sports environment as well it's probably even more so because it's so macho yeah. that you know people do feel like they need to stand out and you know and and create a different atmosphere yeah so um I, I've noticed then on, on your on your social media platforms that the Jets is a is an invitational team. So with that, what what would a typical sort of season look like in terms of location, training, selection, fixtures, and and so on? So the initial thought was uh, an invitational team where you know you invite people in to see if they wanted to play, but it it organically grew into um, something a bit different. So. I do need to update that. Um, it's it's more of a group now that anybody can yeah. join, and anybody can participate. If you know, it's it's a, it's an open for everyone. It's a it's a place where anybody can feel that they can come and join in in with us. We do varied things. You know, it's not. It's, I I don't want it to be just a sports mm -hmm. team. Um, it's you know we've done a three peaks challenge, yeah. where we raise money for signposted Cymru. Um, we've done uh, beach rugby. We've done uh, sevens rugby up in up in six ways in Worcester, and we've had a, a big charity match on the Arms Park last oh, that's year. That's awesome. Who, who, who so, did you play you know, on the Arms we, Park? Uh, we were Headway. Oh, okay. Headway yeah, Select. Yeah. So um, so you know, we raised over four thousand pound that night nice. for for two amazing charities. That's, that's you know what I mean? So it's um, it's yeah, it's, it's developing all the time. You know what I mean? It's you know, we're doing different things all the so time. So if you said um, if you had to give yourself a base, uh, where, where would you say that is? So it, it's South Wales yeah, in general. Yeah. So we say at the moment we haven't got a yeah. home. Um, I don't want to um, create, you know, a base where people think it's too far yeah, away, yeah. or it's you know it's, it's out of reach to people. Yeah. It's something that I'm trying to develop. So it's it's naturally just all, all over that's South awesome. Wales. Yeah, that's fantastic. So how then the um, does sort of someone get involved then with the team? They so. If, if, if they're looking looking for to, to get in, involved so um, I'll be the first one to hold my hands up that I need to have a better presence on social media um, it's something again that I'm I'm learning myself yeah. to, we to, all know that right to, <laughs> exactly to, to, to post more and to think but you know we have got the Instagram channel we got the Twitter and we got the Facebook page as well. And if anybody wants to join us, that's all they got to do is drop drop the pages a message. Um, I'll be the one that gets back to them. And you know, anybody at all is is uh, I'm happy for anyone to join that's us. Fantastic. I'll have to I'll have to get you in touch with um with my team biz and uh, play you at some point. I think that'll yeah, be, a, be a good fixture. Yeah, so 
again, we, th this year now, so this year we're d evolving a little bit more. So in, I know Mikey doesn't like rugby league, but uh, in South Wales, <laughs> there's, a, there's a small community of rugby league uh, teams. Now, what, the team I was involved with was the Valley Cougars, and they, they disbanded. And I've been approached by a lot of them boys to actually start up uh, a rugby league team. Okay. So alongside our charity team this year, we'll be starting a rugby league site, which is an experiment yeah. because, you know, I don't know how popular it's going to be. I don't know how, how you know, uh, successful it's going to be. Yeah. But, you know, it's um, hoping to be based out of Merthyr Rugby Club. Oh, nice. Um, so, so decent facilities. Yeah. And um, we're going to use that then as another avenue to... to spread the awareness of mental health so if anybody would be interested in that then the the full details of that will be coming out soon as well is that in the competitive league then was it yeah. welsh, welsh well, premiership wow welsh premiership right okay that's all great news that is all yeah, well done that's, way, uh, that's uh, a great bit of effort there fair play. um there's obviously been a lot of uh uh attention over the last few seasons about amateur clubs really struggling for numbers fulfilling fixtures um you know matches getting abandoned at like the morning of because people just aren't turning up have you had a have you struggled with that at all in the jets um you know with having enough players to turn out or even having to cancel a fixture because the opponents you'd arranged with have failed to get a team together themselves so so far so good so you know i think people are buying into what we're trying to do um for the for the game at um, the Arms Park, I had on the night is a Friday night fixture, and I had forty six players wow. to, to, to give game time to. It, so li literally, it was it was it was the you can see the the team picture, the the team photo underneath the, the Millennium Stadium, and you know it's it's huge. So just just for it, it sounds like then there's a, there's a big appetite for it because I think sometimes people think of local rugby as sort of uh, Tuesday night, Thursday night. And it may be possibly a bit clicky. Yeah. Do you think maybe that um, openness that you guys have got and that sort of, I guess, more like loose approach to training, etc., appeals to more amateur players than? Uh... Yeah, like like I say, it's it's just a place for people to have fun again. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the way I see it. You you got your club rugby, which everybody enjoys. Everybody you know loves going to play for their club, but you've got that pressure. Is is you know win or lose. You know, the, there's pressure. If you're at the top of the table, there's that pressure to win. If you're at the bottom of the table, there's, you know, the pressure not to lose. You know what I mean? And you, you forget sometimes of what, why you started playing rugby. And that, that's what we want, to, to, to create an environment where you can come and just remember why, why you why you wanted to play rugby and just enjoy it. If you make a mistake, you get up and, and you have a pat on the back and we, we move on. You know what yeah. I mean? There's, there's no pressure to win. And it's, it's about having fun, basically. It's exceptional. Talking about the memories, then, yeah. Liam. Um, what's been some of the more memorable? Um, you mentioned some of the some of the, some of the things yeah. you've done, but what's been sort of the, the more memorable things that you've done with the Jets so, to date? Not just not just rugby stuff, but like you said, the other fundraising kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so again, the the fundraising we've done, the three peaks. Uh, we there was fourteen of us that done that. Um, three people had to pull out closer to the time through injuries, so you know we had quite a few people wanting to do that. Um, we took. 17 players to to a sevens tournament in in Worcester, you know it's the the boys getting behind it is is, is amazing. Like I say, we we took two teams down to the beach rugby in Swansea this year, and narrowly beaten by one try in the final by Tondi Youth. Oh, 
which uh, is a bit of a gut, <laughs> gutting feeling. But th- to be fair to the boys, the boys had been, uh, you know, a few beers deep by the time yeah. we got to the final, yeah. and the youth boys were stone cold sober. So that'll do it. A youth team on the beach. That'll do it. Yeah. More, uh... <laughs> So, I can't. I can't I even say, break into a light jog if I've had a pint. Yeah. Let alone play beach <laughs> rugby. <laughs> but, but like I say, we took two teams down there. You know, we we had we had twenty three boys down there for you know for beach rugby. And again, it's it's a massive thanks to the players that have bought into it and 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 they want to be there. Um. So yeah. Uh, what would you say then the future holds for the Jets? I know that you've spoken about. Um, rugby league and branched out into other sports so is, is there anything else in the pipeline um so like i say it's it's, it's growing naturally you know the the interest is there and um i've got no specific plans i just want it like I say to to go the way it's going you know it's it's difficult to set out major plans obviously in the climate that we're in and yeah. you know i don't want you know to to, to make it I don't, I don't want it to fail if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I don't want to, and I want to see how it goes naturally and, and, and see where we can take it. Because, I mean, in the nicest possible way, it sounds like not having a plan and letting it just grow organically has yeah. already been quite successful for exactly. you, right? Um, so the pressure's off, so to speak. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it, kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. And if you're doing well, so you're doing well. Like. I, I put it to the group every year, you know. What, what what do they want? You know what you know. It's, it's a it's a group decision. If the boys want a big charity match, then and then I'll do that for them. If they want the sevens tournament, I'll do that for them. If they want, you know, a weekend away, it's, it, that's that's what we'll do. It's, it's it's a group thing where we're all involved in the, in the decisions. So it's not you know it's not just me saying right this is what we got this year. Obviously I gotta take some sort of responsibility, but the majority of it is decided by us as a group. That's awesome. Amazing. Uh, definitely is like, I think that involvement and that openness to the to the group is is incre- you know it's increasing the buy in from the players as well to have forty six you know players turn up on a Friday night you know to take two teams to Swansea, you know like I said earlier in, in a in an environment that's struggling for players at the moment. You seem to be definitely you know breaking that mold. Yeah, like I say, it's. Uh... I, th- I think the week in week out aspect is is hard for a lot of people as well. Yes. So, yes. so, so the fact that you know we we are you know, I try and do something once every during the summer at least at once every six weeks, yeah. six to eight weeks. So it's not a massive commitment on people as well. So obviously we we get that. I find it a bit easier to you know get people involved that way. But uh, but still you know to get the numbers that we have like in the in the one group we have. Um, I think it's 62 players or 62 people in 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 the, in the main group and in the in the rugby league group. We've already got 32 players re- ready and waiting to go. I think it's, it's incredible. It's it's really sort of forward thinking because if you think about it, we're all sort of looking back to a time where maybe one parent didn't work and then you you know every, all of your mates would work Monday to Friday nine till five, and so two evenings a week was actually not all that much of a stress but now yeah. you know you think families have got to consider childcare, mm. they've got to consider shift work and all of a sudden that, that old sort of blueprint for uh, a village rugby club is it, it you can't fit modern life on top of it i guess it's no. become almost a thing where like like you want to dip in when you can yeah not when not because you've got to like i think you know i felt it no doubt the m you felt it too like when you committed to a rugby club 
you, you you've got to go training Monday, yeah. uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. You've got to try and keep yourself fit in the gym on Wednesdays and Thursdays. You you, you don't want to go out on a Friday because you want to be fresh for the Saturday and that and that starts again on the mon- on the following Monday. Like and so this this opportunity where like you know you you're able to dip in as a player when and how you want to as an individual means I suppose you give more when you get the chance rather than as, sort of having to sort of trudge away week in week out. As much as people don't want to admit it as well. The, the world has changed. Yeah. The environment has changed, and you know our lives have changed. So you know, it's you know stuff like, I, I, I'm a fully, fully fledged advocate of summer rugby. You know, yes. the win yeah. the winter rugby in is terrible. I I, I hate the rain. <laughs> I hate I, I I as a prop I hate the mud as well. You know, and which Mike take yourself out of the front row club for that. You take yourself out of the front row club for that. But there's nothing better than summer rugby. You know what I mean? It's you know standing aside watching the game in the sun. It just yeah. I, th- I think we need to evolve. I think we need you know rugby yeah. as a game needs to evolve be- before it's too late. It's, it's definitely avenues for that uh, to happen. Like you know with the weather we've seen of late. Um, yeah. it, was, this... it was just said in the group earlier. You know you, you look at the rugby seasons. The 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 how it's laid out. You know what I mean? You got you start the rugby in September. Before you know it, it's October internationals and you've got no fixtures. Yeah. You come back, you you, you you go into Christmas, weather stops play, you know, you, you don't get any games over December yeah. into January, and then you're into the Six Nations and there's no fixtures again. So it's stop, start, stop, start. And, you know, it's you've only got to look at the amateur game in Wales to say that it's failing. I, 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 was, I saw on um, Twitter the other day, I think Ridvelin put out a tweet saying that they've had 14 cancellations or yeah. something since the start of the season out of 16 fixtures, something yeah. ridiculous like that. And they've got to squeeze them all in. Um, I, I was at the bus stop recently. I was chatting to a bloke getting on the bus from Gilvach Goch to Ponteclean. And he was saying we, we might get there and find that it's 12 a side, you know. And that's Ponteclean and Gilvach. Those are two relatively big sides. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this isn't a new thing, I don't think, is it? I mean, I remember way back, maybe about 10, 10 or so seasons ago, if memory serves, they were between, like you said, Liam, between the weather, the autumns, Christmas, weather again in Six Nations, close on 17 weeks consecutively, like, you know, knocked yeah. on the head. I mean, you know, for, for, for a club to, to manage through that 17-week period without sort of any reasonable, meaningful income coming in, where they're only active kind of on weekends. It's one of the clubs I haven't fallen through before now. Like, like when, we used to, when we used to play, well, when I used to play, you know, five years, five, ten years ago, it, it was a case of, you, you obviously, you have your cancellations, and then towards the end of the season, you'd play, you know, week, weekday matches to catch up. You know, yeah. teams are struggling to put teams out on a Saturday now. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the fact that they have to play back-to-back in the week as well, it just... It needs to be changed before it's too late, in my opinion. Have I got the solution? Absolutely not. But (laughs) something something needs to be changed because it's it's going to go down the road where clubs are going to go down the drain, and you're going to lose big big clubs through through no fault of their own. I mean, like you know, we've seen that happen to uh, Triga now, like a Triga who've gone from right to the very top way back when. Or every team and club goes through their peaks and troughs now and again. But Triga even dropped out of the national leagues. You gotta look at teams like Cross Keys as well. You know what I mean? They were at the top of the table and they're slowly going down the leagues. Yeah. You know, it's, it's 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 big teams who haven't got. You know, the teams who have got big junior sections will will survive, basically, and the teams that haven't won't, because there's not enough players to go around. 
but if it's, it's you know, yeah, you, brilliant point made there with the junior teams, but them junior teams need a club to play for in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's mutually beneficial to have a strong senior team and a strong junior setup as well. In, in five to ten years' time, I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking at sides with just one team and no seconds, oh. you know, and it's just going to be a completely different landscape. Biz, I feel like we could talk until the cows yeah, come home about <laughs> trying to fix Welsh rugby. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing, mate. Uh, I've really, really found it fascinating listening to what you've what you've said and what the Jets are about. And um, I'll definitely be in touch with you to try and sort something out between us and uh, Carlos Lions and the Jets. Yeah. I think that'll be a that'll be a cracking game and a cracking uh, bit of uh, social afterwards in the clubhouse. Yeah, definitely. Um, for anyone else who's interested in possibly setting up a fixture or joining the Jets or just having a look at see what you're about with, what's your um, tags on socials? Like, how can so, they find you? Yeah, so on Twitter and Instagram, it's at uh, Jets Wales. And on Facebook, it's South Wales Jets. So, like I say, I, I answer all messages personally. If anybody wants to get in touch for regards to anything, then just let me know. Smashing. Thanks Amazing. for your time, man. That's really yeah, appreciate you, tonight. Yeah, no cheers, worries. Liam. It's been amazing. All the best, buddy. Lovely. Cheers, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks again to Biz there for that interview. It was, uh, well, very insightful, very class, wasn't it? <laughs> encouraging to see what, what he's trying to do there at the Jets. And, um, yeah, yeah, excited about potentially uh, playing against them. I, I definitely have. Yeah, we, we need a post-mortem of a Lions versus Jets match on the pod again one <laughs> yeah. day. I, I really enjoyed having Biz on there. Uh, yeah. I think a, a pod day out watching watching the game. I think would be oh, a, I, yeah. most, most fitting. I th- I make it happen. Porth Cole Beach, <laughs> Trego um, Bay. We got a pod caravan. Love oh it. yes! Now we're talking, boys. <laughs> we do it at the Elvis Convention weekend, and that way Reese Henry. Yeah. Can, uh... Oh <laughs> yeah. Halftime entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I insist Reese Henry sticks with us all that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the a most, sort of uh, he looks the most mascot, is it? Yes, yeah. I, yeah. He looks the most fun, the most fun of a lot of them. Excellent. <laughs> right, so um, we'll get on to the uh, our um, predictions for the weekend. Um, I guess we'll just go in order here of uh, of, of the way, when they're being played. So we've got uh, Scarlet's uh, home to the Bulls. Uh, opinions? Oh, Christ, right. I, Scarlet do the opposite of what I say is going to happen. So say uh, they're going to win. So, <laughs> Scarlet are in 15th. Bulls are third. It's in Llanelli. Scarlet will be without a lot of the Wales players. Yeah. Bulls won't be similarly affected, but will they bring their spring box to Wales? Don't know. If you, you I, think it's, I think it's going to be a draw. Ooh. <laughs> Hang on, on, on what you've just said, is you think the opposite of what, of what you think they do. They do. Yeah. So if you yeah. say, no, no, I can't take that. No, no, it's, it's scrambling my mind ever so slowly. I exactly. I've, put the I'm hoping it'll, my ears. it'll cause a minor implosion or a rift in space time. <laughs> and then, then the bulls disrupt that entire space time continuum and, and, and run away with it by about 60, maybe. Yeah, I think, um, funny enough, I actually, um, the, the Edwards coach that uh, drives the Bulls players around past me today, uh, this, mo- this morning, quite early on, on its way to, um, where was it going? Uh, towards to Van Haren. So, I don't know if the Bulls have got a training base at Van Haren RFC. 
Maybe maybe they're gearing up for a game against Pontecleans to go Bulls versus Badgers next weekend. <laughs> it's a bit of a warm up to uh, to the to the Scarlets game. Um, personally, for me, um, Scarlets are on a great run. I think the disruption of the Welsh players leaving uh, might might cause them to sort of not come out for this game, and the Bulls aren't a team you don't want to turn up for. Yeah. So I got a feeling the Bulls are going to do it. In uh, Parker Scarlets, yeah, and I suppose with the disruption, I mean, like who's gone from who's, who's going from the Scarlets to, to to Wales? Win Jones hasn't played a lot. Ken Owens back from injury. Uh, Lee Halfpenny's played a bit. Um, is there anyone in the centre? No, there's nobody in the centre, is there? And no wingers, no back rowers, no. no. So like Patchell, Patch, sorry, Patchell. Patch. Who's, who's, fair enough, yeah, good call. Um, yeah, you're losing two good place kickers there. Yeah, to be fair. So, you know, in trying to nick points from penalties, yeah. it's, it becomes difficult then. Then they sort of, I suppose there's, there's Costello and Dan Jones there as well, but, you know, are they the accomplished kickers that um, Lee Halfpenny is and more kind of than Patchell can be, kind of thing? Like, but, uh, yeah, it's just a fair point. They, they, what are you saying there, Mikey? Oh, sorry, Reese. That's okay. They'll, they'll be able to put together a team that looks good enough on paper because they've been left with some of their scrum halves as Mike says they've been left of Costello they, they haven't been incredibly disrupted up front so yeah, I think they can make a fist of it Kieran well, Hardy went as well didn't he is Kieran Hardy yeah, yeah but yeah. you know they've kept Blacker and yeah, they've kept course, Davis yeah. you know so um, yeah no I, I think definitely going to be a, a draw <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's brain begins to melt just, just get back in get back in quick uh, did you give a prediction, Mikey, for that? Oh, Sorry, or did I? Yeah, it was 16 0, wasn't it? <laughs> to the, the Bulls. Yeah, I was saying, it's, it's, it's 16 0, that's probably not a fair reflection. I'm sure our friend Liam won't agree with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good thing he's gone. <laughs> he, knows what, right. he, knows, he knows where I live as well, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a Bulls, Bulls, uh, Bulls win. Just lock your door and turn your lights off. Yeah, and put a sign up, I am not here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, the next game then, we've got Dragons at home to Glasgow. A little sort of uh, taster yeah. of the knockouts. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I twigged yeah. that when I was making my notes. Um, uh, fucking... <laughs> dragons, dragons will narrowly lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same, funny enough. Yeah. Who, who will be... Most affected by the missing internationals, it's got to be Glasgow, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, they're one of two Scottish yeah. teams jam packed of internationals. But then you got all right, okay, Leon Brown going, Bradley Roberts going, um, Aaron Wayne, Moriarty injured, Moriarty injured, Aaron Wayne, right? Um, yeah, who else is there? Uh, Rio Diaz. Uh, Dyer, yeah, no, oh, there's, God, there's some yeah. star, there's some stardust gone, and there's some grafters gone. And yeah, the depth at the Dragons isn't necessarily as, as good as no. the teams. But then the, the, the guys who are, I think, what's his name, Rodri Jones is back in contention. True, I think, true. Um, I Sam know, Davis will be knocking about. Yeah, I think um, big, big, big fan of Angus O'Brien. I think he's, mm-hmm. if if not this week, he's sort of back shortly with his concussion protocols and um, the concussions that he's sustained over the last few weeks been taken into consideration as to why he hasn't been Mm. Um, selected, which is unrightly so. Not should be playing, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It'll be a recognisable team on paper, uh, but yeah, I just feel like they're in a they're in a position now where you know that that one victory 
against Poe's side, it's I think there's still that team who will ship a bunch of points, come back into it, make the scoreline look respectable, and yeah. then and then ultimately just not quite get there. It's it's just, just how I see that it sounds like Dragons are still on that continual journey, like to to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the disruption of the players going will result in probably quite a scrappy game um, that Glasgow will, in my opinion, uh, eventually just pull away in. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Right, uh, brings us on to the next game of the weekend, this um, Cardiff away to Leinster. Um... Leinster, Leinster thirds all day. Like... <laughs> 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 Like yeah, I, I I've said it. We're in a slump. Um, yeah. Newcastle win aside, like we've not looked ourselves. Um, a lot of the wider squad boys will have learned something, a way to to uh, breathe. But what they're going to learn away to Leinster is, for every Johnny Sexton, there's about four understudies, <laughs> and, and one of them is going to make us look stupid. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I see. I, I foresee a hammering there, unfortunately for us. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not one for the faint heart, is it? I mean, no. I'll watch, but I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll watch. I, 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 I won't be active on the social media afterwards. <laughs> just, just, just want to replace your no. picture with like sort of just just a blacked out kind of um, yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. just for twenty. I feel hours. like. Um... I think I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when it, when this game was coming up that uh, I'm quite glad it's happening in the international window because it gives some wider players a chance to get some match time under their belts, albeit yeah. in a one-sided affair. But it's it's still a game to have good experience in, and yeah. you know it's kind of I think even you know, first team on first team, no internationals missing, we'd still lose this game. So oh, I, yeah. the result doesn't matter, you know, but it's a chance to, to play some wider players. It's like, in a way, I'm, I'm I'm glad it's now because we were always going to lose in Dublin. So let's yeah. lose while our players are away. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Good good to some of the players as well, like like um, Azorati, like uh, Domachowski, yeah. Yeah. to be able to play against, like I said, the Lens thirds would going to knock spots off most other teams in the URC. And... Oh, Mikey. Sorry, I cut you off then, buddy. No, that's right. I <laughs> wasn't, wasn't going to add, add much more than that. Like, but the, like the, the players who don't, get, who don't regularly get to see much rugby, like we alluded to earlier, like with yeah. sort of the Jason Harris and um, Alan Summer locking in so much, so much game time, Like, but uh, yeah, Leinster thirds for the win. Yeah. Now, the clash... The bottom of the table clash, the teams in the scraping of a barrel <laughs> of the URC. It's the mighty zebra at home to the mighty ospreys. Reese Henry, the captain. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, unless he gets called up for Wales this week. You know what, right? Anyone goes down in that front row, right? I am jumping on the Reese Henry bandwagon straight away. Because the thing here is, right, we, we Os- Ospreys have been an excellent in Europe and in the league over Christmas, but they are now down 18 players. Oh, <laughs> something is crazy, yeah. isn't it? So, Zebra, even though Zebra are one of two Italian teams, I don't think even Zebra are going to be that affected by the Six Nations. You, you wouldn't think that, like... Yeah, I t- totally. You, you, you wouldn't be surprised to see a Zebra win. 
no i and like th- this will be i think oddly a very stern test for toby booth's osprey's um character yeah because if some of these uh fringe squad members can step it up and show the same sort of grit that the the the, the firsts have shown yeah you, that's yeah. Just yeah. encouraging i mean you take take an example for a, a front date just sort of off the top of my head like um and you still got Nicky Smith available. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In it, madness. And, like, you know, hooker position, um, probably going to see um, Tom Cowan Dickey. Still got Tom Sam, both. Sam Parry knocking about. Sam Parry injured, I believe. Okay. Um, I think that's, that was for the site. Was it? That was for the signing of um, Tom Cowan Dickey, was okay. for the injury of um, Dewey Lake and uh, Sam Parry. But, of gotcha. course, now. Um, Baldwin's it's got Baldwin's being called up as well, and then you've got Tom Bolt. I mean, then you've Bradley Davis in the second row, option with Hugh Sutton. Um, obviously, because the other three up second row is being called up the wheel squad, and then you've got Morris is still Morgan Morris is still there, yeah. like yeah. and um, Harry Deves, not a bad shout in the back row. Uh, Ruben Morgan Williams, Ruben Morgan Williams at at, at, te- at nine, and then uh, Jack Walsh at ten. I think in the midfield, um, well, they've been battered with the, the both the yeah. two twelves are gone. And yeah. you know, uh, Watkin is he is he injured or is he? No, I think Watkin was available. I think a lot of people had him yeah. down as a, as a Wales squad like, pick. Yeah. Let's, let's say you've got Owen Watkin at twelve, Michael Collins at thirteen. Still got Keelan Giles there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, so there's. It's, yeah. No. Okay. I, it'll, it'll be interesting to see who's on who's on the bench and um, what sort of what those probably lesser known players are going to bring to the yeah. party there. Mm-hmm. I'm quite interested to see that. Yeah. yeah. No, go on, sorry. I think, I was just going to say, um, you know, <laughs> you think they're decimated and then when you sort of Rattle ring off, off the, the potential team like that, you still think there's still good experience, quality players dotted around that, you still got a, around a, that team. A good, a good core of players who could grab the team by the scruff and say, look, we're going this way. Come with me. Can you think? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I I think Zebra are just still pretty dire again, and you know I, I don't know what their loss of internationals would be, but I think you know any good players that they do lose is going to affect them hugely. So I, I reckon Ospreys will probably have a win out in uh, Zebra. It'd be nice to yeah, I, it'll be a tight win, I think. I'm not sure if it'll be a convincing win, but it'll be a tight one. But it's it's this 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 kind of game is where you go away in this time of year. Yeah. For a quarter like Toby Booth, it's going to be where your actual grit comes from. Like you know, you you can when you've got your internationals available. Yeah, great. This is it's great to see the rugby being yeah. played that you want. But like, just getting that message across to them boys who are maybe second, possibly third option. I mean, like behind certain other players. Um, fingers crossed. I'd love to see the Ospreys do a job out there, but given the conditions. But then again, like you said, with Zebra, who's coming in behind them guys who've gone away with Italy. So we've got uh, Bulls to win for me and Mikey, and Reese going for nil-nil <laughs> N- uh, draw. Defenses on top. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't have it. I can't. No. Nil-nil draw. <laughs> And I think we've all gone for Glasgow, haven't we, to beat uh, Dragons? Narrow, narrow Glasgow win. Mm, Dragons yeah, to yeah. Dragons to score some tries from it to flatter their defeat a little bit. In the second half. Loss. Yeah. 
and I think the same with Leinster. We've all gone for Leinster to. Oh, that'll be hammering, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be a fun game to watch, is it? You've you've, you've noted down this sort of Leinster one Cardiff ten in respect of the positions in the league. It could be the other way around in terms of the score. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I can see, I can see Cardiff being overtaken by Ospreys if the maths allows this week. And that could sort of put yeah, them in I place think... for a US, a good URC finish for a Champions Cup. Yeah, I next think year. so. They've got a decent run in. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree that Ospreys probably turn over Zebra. Oh, you do. Okay, nice. Yeah. So yeah, I think unanimous. Yeah. Apart from the draw. <laughs> Apart from the nil-nil draw, defense on top. The <laughs> core to it. I, I, well, I think I've already mentioned this on the pod at one point, but I have actually participated in a nil-nil draw in, in a youth game as well. It was um... we've been nilled plenty of times, like, but never, um, <laughs> never nil. I was playing for Fairwater Youth, and I think it was just a team from the Valleys, and we literally spent the whole game in our twenty-two defending. We'd given away numerous penalties, yeah. uh, none in front of the posts, but yeah. He couldn't. He their kicker was sh- shocking. He <laughs> could, could not convert any of those penalties. Wow, well, again, and you throw me like you know, you're only kids, and you like, but uh, you know, by that time, you you think the kickers out there sort of like maybe half hour after or before training, sort of like nailing his goals, like, but uh, right. Well, the most exciting part of the pod is our forbidden loves of the week. You'll be both be happy to know I have one this week. Excellent. I've, I've, uh, I've used my I've, buy for the season. I, I've sourced a couple. Um, I, I'm going to save one of them for last because I think it distills what a forbidden love should be right down <laughs> to, to its purest form. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but this is forbidden on a personal level. Lloyd Williams' fumble brought some jeopardy to qualification this weekend. Um... And I kind of liked how important that fumble mm. was and the ramifications it had. It was proper chaos theory stuff, you know. Lloyd, William... <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Williams drops the ball on the line and we get sale next week you know, as opposed to uh, <laughs> uh, three home games and a nice walk through to the final. Is it um, kind of like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, but I've got to. <laughs> I, I just love the excitement that happened because of it you know so we were in the little bar under the stands after the game sort of talking about all the permutations like ah oh, shit if Lloyd had dropped this ball there, you know what? there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of stattery and nerdery going on and I quite enjoyed the, the conversation afterwards so Lloyd did bring me that enjoyment with his fumble <laughs> Mikey well mine comes not from the uh, one of the Welsh teams or the URC but in the uh, European tournament did anybody else see Rory Cockett's left arm uh, Rory Cockett, half man, half clock, one arm bigger than the other. <laughs> I mean, it was a thing of beauty thing, really. It was, it was. Um, Alleged by all accounts, he um, was called in for emergency cover at scrum half by uh, Castro, and uh, on the commentary while watching the game, um, he'd taken up uh, arm wrestling, so he's clearly training one arm more than the other. I, I'd love to see his training regime because that arm was huge. <laughs> he um, did share a picture yeah. of it, and yeah, it, it just—it like, looks all sort. It looks infected. It's, it's like he sort um, of envisaged, sort of inspirited, um, to, to taking the spirit of Popeye. I just wonder if he's using as much spinach. I don't know, like, but uh, I would not have liked to have received a pass off that arm from him. Well, some of the passes I think did, did fumble. If you watch the game back, like off that left arm was just sort of like, Ugh. 
but uh, <laughs> too much used power. To, obviously, used, used, not used to passing enough and used to too much. However, he do trains. You, we don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember if it was a close match at all? It was a bit of scrumby to answer for that game. Um, yeah, so oh, I just wondered if it was an arm wrestle. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, no, in fact, that game, oh, I think they've got it now, yeah. Um, they lost the, all their back row for a period of the game. Uh, one of the back oh, row, that, it was the Axe game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the back row got red carded, and then two of the other back row got yellow carded for all around the same time. And, was it like uh, seven minutes they were yeah, down to 13 down, or something yeah, like that down, down, uh, tw- down to 12 for, for a good seven 12, minutes yeah. and all Exeter did was kick they, all, all they did was wow. box kick and you know, they, were, they were 15 on 12 and, and they couldn't capitalise and in fact Castra looked, looked more, more, more deadly in, when, when they had possession with only 12 men it was an absolute ridiculous. I mean, you think for that period, you you down to twelve from fifteen. I mean, the, the wingers were no slouches. There was the, like Jack Noel there as well. He's no slouch. Yeah, I think you'd you'd expect two tries. Oh, minimum two tries at, at least. Yeah, and it, it, like the the there was a scrum, and, and again the the centers and wingers, the centers into the scrum as well. Like, and they didn't for for, for the one for the first one. I don't think they embarrassed themselves, but like ways. Where's your rugby experience? Go right, okay. We we're running this, and we're going to run them around twelve on fifteen yeah. until they can run no more. Bonkers. Wow, bonkers. Um, uh, my freedom love. Uh, I kind of was inspired a bit by uh, listening to Squidge on uh, Blood and Mud, but it did actually make me realise that I quite enjoy booing or interfering mm-hmm. with a kicker. Of yeah. the opposition, <laughs> I I wouldn't necessarily say booing, but I do like a mild heckle. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like I was um ah shit, I think it was the Ospreys game where Owen Williams was lining up a penalty, oh, yeah. and pe- people were saying things like it's a bit far for you, Owen. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I remember. Yeah, but, like yeah, no, I I do uh, I do. Then we added this following week where you know because Jared missed his penalty at the end of the Ospreys game. One of the Scarlets fans the week after was going, "You didn't kick this last week, Jared." I'm okay for that. Like no oh, problem yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. It's this, I like, like um, that banter of rugby. Yeah, you're looking tired is my favorite one, but not yeah. no, not you just just like if you stand close enough to pitch, you just have to go. Uh, you're looking tired, winger. You know, you'd have to you'd definitely need about it. Just you know, I, I feel you should you should probably come off the pitch now. You just yeah, you're looking a bit tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like um, things like that. I, I think I've realised I'm all for. Um, uh, in contrast to when we were at a game earlier this season, recently there was just someone. I think it was when we were playing Stormers. Who does Kitschoff play for at the moment? Was it the Stormers? Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, it was the Stormers, and he, he, this one guy in front of us had obviously had a few drinks, and he was just. <laughs> Just kept calling him like a ginger prick. <laughs> <laughs> and what what was um upsetting about that was there's a fan in front of him who was ginger. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and no. I think he was South African as well, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, and he, he sort of kept looking around to this guy because this guy was so uh, drunk and oblivious to him. Yeah, because I, like... I, I hate the expression, but the sort of shing is almost virtue signaling. Like it's like. <laughs> Because you, yeah. you have to make noise go shh, right? <laughs> so, you know, if I was lining up a conversion and somebody just went shh in my ear. <laughs> it's like, you know, you oh. think about games and days days gone by, like 
season ticket down Ponty and get into the into the shed there, like and um, you oh. know the refs with our absolute hammerings and the linesman on 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 the side where we were stuck, the absolute batterings by the fans. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. minute into the game, you'd say you somebody would chirp up in the crowd like the ref would give a penalty. He's been doing it all day, ref. A minute yeah. into the <laughs> minute into the game, like do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be got to be about for that. Like got to be there for that. You know, like, and, yeah. So um, my uh, my final one. I, I shared this with you boys earlier. Yeah. Is the uh, the Wallabock jersey? God. No, I, I'm still not convinced this is this isn't a fake. But for anyone who hasn't seen it, look it up. It's a exact half and half of a Springbok and Wallaby jersey. And the S South African uh, Rugby Union says. <clears throat> If you're one of the many rugby-loving South Africans who now call Australia home, this is the jersey for you. Oh. When you when you wear it, standing for the national anthem in a stadium with your new Australian brothers, you might still get a lump in your throat when your beloved team runs out. But you won't be alone. You'll look down at your Wallabock jersey and know that you haven't forsaken your roots. <laughs> now, I don't love that, but that, dis- that distills what forbidden love is, right? Oh. To the extent where you would dedicate half of your team's jersey to your opposition side oh. um, it'd be the equivalent of having, a, of, of having a jersey right that was blue and black hoops up to the sternum and then white and black hoops of a bridge above the sternum oh god <laughs> just don't don't it'd be oh idea for a forbidden love jersey half monty half <laughs> oh no god that that's no, don't do that it don't, it'll upset serious. me something terrible <laughs> it upset everyone, but you know, it, you have to call it Tafswell or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear! Ah. The, uh, the the Wallabock jersey is made out of something called uh, Vapor Dry Plus yeah. material. So if we did a Welsh one, it could be Vapor Dye <gasps> Plus. I thought it would be a yes, yes. I, I let's make it happen. Some uh, pod merch right there for you. <laughs> Um, all right, well, I really enjoyed that episode, guys. Uh, Good fun. A lot of some this... serious stuff to talk about, but also I mean, some. Um... It, it was quite a heavy episode in yeah. parts, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think we managed to get through it all. Yeah, definitely, that was needed to happen. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully, the next time we come to you, it'll be uh, after a couple of resignations from the WRU board. But so. we'll, we we we'll see. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Cheers, guys. See you again. Cheers, boys. Bye. Bye.